0: Believe in what's present. Not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive, receive that it. power. I receive it right now. I receive it from right now from the top of my head. The top of my to head to the soles of my feet. The soles, soles of my feet. Of my feet. Welcome, we're so glad you've joined us today for Jesus the Healer. We have had such a wonderful time in weeks past studying on the mind and I'm so glad that the Spirit of God led us to go this direction, teach this direction, and minister this direction because we know this, the mind is Satan's battleground. We have to be proficient. We have to be skillful with the uh, sound mind that is our inheritance in Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for joining us. We believe you're going to receive help, answers, and light today of the Word. You know... um, We have to remember this, that when God gives us light, it's important that we walk in it. What's that mean? That we're doers of the Word. And so we have a studio audience who's joined us today. And so we're glad they're here, but we're glad you're here too. So we invite you, get your Bible, get a notepad, something you can take notes on because we don't just want to be hearers, we want to be doers. And so you may want to take some notes and follow along with us. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, it's our privilege to find out what belongs to us in Christ. I tell you, it is our privilege. All that heaven enjoys belongs to us while we're here on the earth. You know what that means? We can live there before we go there. We can live in the flow of heaven before we ever go to that location. And so we, we don't want to leave anything that God has provided for us unaccessed. We want to be a partaker of all of it. Why? Because he made it available, and you know, it cost Jesus everything so that we could have all that he's made ours. And so, we uh, we want to dive into that together. I'm reminded of a story that Charles Spurgeon. Now, Charles Spurgeon was a minister in England in the 1800s, and uh, he was he was a, he was mightily used. And he talks about the time that as a pastor, he went to visit a woman that was part of his congregation. She lived in the slums and he had gotten word that she was sick. And so he went to visit her at her home. And really her home was, uh, it was quite basic. She had taken just pieces of large pieces of, of, I don't know whether it would be large pieces of tin Or just, it was really made out of scraps. And she had just propped up stuff and kind of secured it as best she could. And that's what she lived in. And um, so whenever he went into her home, he sat and spent some time with her and talking to her. And she was talking about, he asked her, you know, what about your profession? What is it that you've done for a living? And she said, well, pastor, she said for many years she worked for a wealthy man in the city. And he had no children of his own. Uh, there were no family members that lived nearby. So she ended up just being his only, only family. And uh, she worked for him for years. She really became like a family member to him. And he was like a dad to her. And there came the time that he grew in age. and I think she had worked for him for around 30, 40 years, something like that. And there came the time that he died and he was quite wealthy and because he had no heirs to leave his wealth to, you know, um, she didn't know, of course, she wasn't involved in his business. She didn't know what he did with his wealth. But before he died, he signed something, just a piece of paper and he had signed his name to it and he gave it to her and because he meant so much to her. And played such an important role in her life, that meant so much that he had left her something to remember him by. So she took what he gave him and she framed it. And uh, really, Charles Spurgeon was getting ready to leave her house when he saw this, and then he asked her about this and this when this is when she told him the story of her employer. And he looked at it and he said, where did you get this? And that's when she told him about her, her former employer. And he said, well, sister, he says, do you mind if I take this for a short time? She said, well, are you going to bring it back? And he says, yeah, I'll bring it back. I just want to go check on something. So he took it uh, and he came back later that day. And he said, uh, I would like for you to go with me somewhere. And he took her down to a place of business. He took her to the bank. And they walked in and he was talking to, I don't know if it was, he was talking to the president or to a teller there in the bank. And he said, sister, he said, "I, I saw this and I wanted to let you know, If I wanted to find out really what this was before I let you know what I thought it was. She was a woman who had not been educated. She did not learn how to read or write. And when he took her to the bank, he explained to her that he had talked to the president at one point and said, I have this on this man's account. Can you talk to me about this and tell me anything about this? And he said, oh, yes, this is our our customer. He's been, you know, banking here for years and he's always kept all of his money here. And we know he died and said... uh, He died without distributing his wealth. We've been holding on to it. It's just part of our banking system. Come to find out he had signed his whole wealth over to this woman. But because she couldn't read, she had no idea what he had left her. He no doubt thought that possibly she understood what a banknote looked like, Mm. but she didn't. He assumed she did. For years, she had that framed, hanging on the wall of her home, admiring it. If we're not careful, we take this Bible and we admire it as the Word of God. Well, it's to be honored, but to honor it best, find out what it says, spend it, live in it, use it, benefit from it. And that's what this woman did not know to do because she couldn't read, she couldn't write. She had no idea that the wealth of a wealthy man was represented hanging on her wall, And she was doing without while there within her possession was everything she needed. This is what the word is. Everything we need for life is found in the word. It belongs to us. But if we don't dive in and take time and put forth the time to study, put forth the time to meditate on the word, get that word engrafted into our spirits. Not just simply memorizing it, but driving it into our spirits through meditation, speaking it to ourselves, saying, that's who I am. That's what I have. That's what I can do in Christ. This is where you start tapping into the wealth that has been yours all along. Don't make the mistake that this dear woman made. She loved her former employer, but that didn't mean she had knowledge. You can love God and still not have knowledge of what he's made yours in Christ, of what he's left you, and you can leave it unaccessed and just hang it, lay it on a table and admire it. The word admired will not do what the word lived will do for you. Amen. Yes, we should honor it, but because we honor it, we become doers of it. And so uh, it is, thank God that Pastor Spurgeon was there and recognized the wealth that was really hers and he introduced her to that wealth. Well, that's what your pastor is for too, to introduce you into the wealth and help you as you feed on the word and as you as you develop spiritually to help guide you and help grow you up the Holy Spirit will use your pastor in your life so always uh, always choose to have a pastor and the Holy Ghost will lead you to the right pastor and and honor the voice of the pastor. the voice of the pastor that day for her rescued her future. And so uh, when you find out what the, Word is, what, what the Word says is yours, it affects your future. It affects your today. It affects your tomorrow. And so it's a thrill for us to find out what the Word says belongs to us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We've been using as our golden text for these weeks that we've been ministering on the mind, we've been using 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. So turn with me in your Bibles, if you, if you would, and go with us and follow along with us and see what the Word says. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. What's that mean? For the rest of your life, fear-free is to be your future. Fear-free. You have to recognize, though, when fear has been trying to uh, have its way in your life. Uh, But God has not given us a spirit of fear. Notice this, fear is a spirit, but it's a spirit we have complete and total authority over. Then it says, but God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. What is that? Authority. As well as God's power, uh, one flow of God's power is our authority in Christ. He's given us power or authority. We have the love of God. And the Bible says that the love of God will cast out fear. Then we also say this, uh, we read this, that God says that he's given us a sound mind. Thank God for a sound mind. Um, a sound mind is a peaceful mind. The Amplified, in describing this, this phrase, sound mind, the Amplified says about that, that it's a calm mind. It's a well-balanced mind. It's a disciplined mind, and it's a controlled mind. Amen. Amen. So it is our privilege to learn to take charge of our thought life. Why? That's what we do to keep things balanced. That's what we do to keep things calm. That's what we do to keep things disciplined and controlled, you know, the thing about my mother, there were four kids in our family and there was one thing my mother did not let you do. And that was, she did not let you get out of bounds. (laughs) You couldn't get out of bounds in your behavior. You couldn't get out of bounds in your response. You couldn't get out of bounds in your emotions. She'd say, stop that right now. I mean, she, it, it was funny because she would spank us and then say, stop crying. (laughs) <laughs> Why? She's saying you bring it back in. You bring it back in. You're not going to make a display through your emotions. Well, see this is what you have to do to have a disciplined mind. Do not let your mind get out of bounds. What's the boundaries of the mind? And for the mind, it's the word of God. As long as you stay within the boundaries of the word, the ma- the mind will be balanced. The mind will be sound. The mind will be calm. The the mind will be disciplined and it'll be controlled. But it's our job to make sure that those boundaries of the Word are set in place. Have you ever gone bowling? You ever gone bowling? That was one of the few things that was available to us in our smaller community growing up. I didn't do it a lot. I never got real good at it, but I always appreciated that. I remember when I was young and would go and you, first, you start throwing that bowling ball and the first several times it hits what? The gutter. <laughs> 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 and then, you know, it can be disappointing when you're young and it just kind of goes and you never hit one of the pins down at the end. And you know what they do? They push a button and what happens? The bumper comes up and fills that gutter so that even if you don't go down the middle, you're going to knock some pin down. (laughs) Well, I want you to know that this is what the word is to our life. It's the boundary to keep us out of the gutters of wrong thinking, the gutters of failure, the gutters of fear, so we don't get entrenched in the wrong flow. And so that's what the word is to us. The word tells us to renew our minds. What's that mean? to take on the thoughts of God. Uh, Just because you're born again doesn't mean you think like God. You have to be with him, around him, to think like him. My husband and I, we got married very quickly, not because of any emergency necessarily, but we just chose to get married quickly. (laughs) and We got married just a few, several weeks from the day we met because God God had rather moved in a spectacular way when we met and uh, spoke to me, spoke to him about that this was right. So... Um, he was 20 years older than me when we got married. And so uh, we just moved right along in that relationship, but I didn't know him that well. Can you imagine? I had only met, I'd only been with him five or six times before, from the time I met to the time I married him. No, that's not the norm. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't, don't try to make that the rule. That's the exception. So don't show up at your pastor's office, you know, with something. Anyway, we won't go too far down that way. But God moved in a very, really supernatural, but more spectacular way to put us together. So, and I tell you what, it was, it was heaven on earth for us in the marriage when God puts it together. And when two people within the marriage are renewing their mind, it makes for heaven on earth. But, um, anyway, so, uh, I didn't know, you know, him, I knew him in a measure But it took a while because our courtship, our dating life was so short um, that through that marriage, I began to learn more and more about Him. When you get born again, you know very little about God. You know something important. You know He loves you. You know He rescued you. You know He saved you. But there is so much to know about Him. And you can't just uh, not give attention to the Word and learn Him. You, you you learn him and you know him through the word. And so as my as my husband and I got to know each other better and better, you know, and we we kind of made an agreement with each other that if we're if we're out to dinner or something with somebody and one of us starts talking in a direction we shouldn't, like we go too far, that we would nudge each other, like yeah, back it up, back it up, you know, help you help you guard here, right? And uh, that's always a help when your partner can help you. And so uh, we'd be out to dinner, you know, and I'd I'd touch his leg under the table. One time I found out I was touching the guy, the other (laughs) man, but anyway, (laughs) accident. (laughs) Because I had, (laughs) I don't know, I don't remember what he was telling, but I thought, "Mm, maybe not ought to tell that. And I'm sitting there going, kicking his leg with my foot, you know? And so uh, at the end, I did that like, regularly throughout the dinner that night. And finally, the other pastor and his wife that we were having dinner with said, you do know that's my leg you're kicking. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All things happen, you know. <laughs> and, so, and so we kind of had this agreement we'd not, you know, notify each other. But as we went and we got to know each other better as we went further in our knowledge of how one another thought, I could just know maybe a statement that he would make. Then I go, oh, I know where he's heading with this. <laughs> right? Because I began to learn the way he thought. Or he could do the same with me. Oh, I know where she's going with this. That we could just raise an eyebrow. <laughs> like, raise an eye, Don't, no, no, don't. Or, you know, give a knock. Don't, 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 don't do that. We didn't have to even get our feet involved. You know? <laughs> we didn't have to kick each other in the leg or anything. We could just give a, you know, um. um. You know why? Because we learned where that train of thought was going to go. And so it's the same thing. The more you get acquainted with God through the word, the more you quickly recognize where thoughts, right thoughts will go and where wrong thoughts will take you. (laughs) Take time to get to know him through the word. I so appreciate the verse over in, in, uh, in Acts, and it says, "...as so mightily grew the Word..." And prevailed. Now, it, where where the book of Acts is recording that, it's talking about in that region, that when they were preaching that word, that word began to prevail in that region. But if a, the word preached and lived will prevail in a region, how much more it will prevail in your life. That as you pour in the word and as you feed on the word and meditate on, it'll start prevailing over things that have been going the wrong direction. It'll start prevailing over bad habits. It'll start prevailing over addictions. So mightily grew the Word and prevailed. You know, it's, it's right and it's proper and it's appropriate for someone to minister to you and lay hands on you, pray with you. There's a blessing in that. But nothing equals you finding out what the Word says for yourself and allowing that Word to grow in you and that Word begin to prevail over situations in your life. I want to turn, uh, you can turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 15, and we're going to start reading in verses three and four, and I'm going to read out of the King James translation of John 15, verses three and four, and it says this, now, now you are clean through the word. Now, this is what Jesus has said to his disciples. Now, you are clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you. Now, listen to this. When you feed on the Word, that's Him talking to you. When you read the Word, that's Him talking to you. When you hear the Word preached under the anointing of God, that's God talking to you. Treat it like that. Notice He says, you're clean through the Word that I have spoken unto you. So just Him speaking it, but we must listen because He can say some things to us in in, in the Word and if we're not feeding on it, we're not listening to it. It doesn't matter what he's saying because it's not going to bring us benefit until we listen to what he says. So notice he says, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. What about this? Clean from, yes, bad habits, Mm -hmm. clean from addictions, but what about clean from sickness, clean from symptoms, that those symptoms, uh, those pains and diseases run out of the body through the inpouring of that word that cleanses. Amen. The word is a cleansing word. Yes. It'll not only cleanse your body, it'll cleanse your thought life. Ah, that's where the benefit is so prevalent is that the Word taking its rightful place and us giving it, giving it its rightful place in our thought life and it cleans out wrong thinking. It cleans out anything that is not of the household of faith. It cleans out fear. It cleans out doubt. It cleans out uh, just thoughts of offense. It cleans out all those things. Aren't you thankful that Jesus said, you're clean through the Word that I've spoken now, since he spoke it, let's get it in us. Right. Then he tells us, I've spoken it to you. Now he tells us his res- our responsibility. Verse three was his responsibility, the word spoken to us. But verse four is our responsibility toward that word he spoke. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Abide is dwell. Listen to this. He says, abide in the word. What's that mean? Not a visit. Abiding. If someone comes to abide in your home, they're not visiting for a day or two. They've come to abide, to set up residency. He's saying, I've spoken the word to you. That word cleanses you. Now abide in that. Amen. How do you abide in him? Abide in his word. Amen. Listen, uh, he indwells us by his spirit, but also we abide in him through feeding on the word, not just memorizing it, but getting it in our spirits. It's not, it's good to memorize the word, but I tell you, it never take, that doesn't take the place of meditation. Um, the word memorized deals with the, with the mind, but the word meditation deals with the spirit you're meditating through meditating on the word in the thought life. It drives it into the spirit and memorizing the word will help you meditate because at a moment you can draw that word up that you've memorized and meditate on it. Just memorizing it doesn't mean it's in your spirit, but there's two places that the word needs to be abiding in you. It needs to be abiding in your spirit, but also abiding in your thought life. Amen. So abiding in the word is how the Word cleanses and separates us from anything that is not of that Word. Amen. Amen. Um, I've told this in a previous episode, but to me, it's worth telling it again. And um, I've, always, I've always enjoyed animals, you know, and pets and stuff. I grew up with cats and dogs, both of them. And so I've always had dogs since, especially since we've gotten married and... Uh, at one time, I had five dogs, five, five, count them, five. But we are, were on five acres, so it was okay. They, they each had an acre to run on. <laughs> and so at night, I would go out there, and I'd feed them in the morning. I'd feed them at night, and I'd go out at night, and I'd feed, you know, fill up their food bowl, fill up their water bowl. And it just so happened that where it sat was under the, a garage light, an exterior garage light. And so at night, the malls and stuff were flying around that light, on the exterior of the garage, and uh, when I go out there in the morning to feed them, those maws are doing the backstroke in that, in that, you know, that dog water. It, they're they're floating dead, you know, and I, I love my dogs, but I'm not I'm not touching those things. I'm not I'm not picking out anything out of that water, and I, I remember early on I just tried to take my fingers, you know, and flick them out just get them out so that I wouldn't have to fill up the water bowl again, but I'd just flick them out. When i go to flick them out, they'd flick in about, you know, m- m- a myriad of different directions that there one, there'd go a wing and there'd go a leg and there'd go another body part. And by touching it, it multiplied. It was just one bug, but it broke apart and it became more that's the same thing with wrong thoughts. When wrong thoughts are there and you try to handle them by trying to get rid of them. I'm trying to get rid of that. I'm trying to get rid of it. You're mindful of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the more mindful you are of it, the more that thought seems to grow. That, that it seems to multiply, right? So I just learned this early on. Don't even touch the bug while it's even there. I know it's there. Just pour in the water. So I'd go over, get the water hose and I'd turn on the water hose and that bowl would just overflow and off would come the moths. Nobody had to touch it. That's what Jesus said. You're clean through the word. Pour in that word and the word will clean out. Yeah. Amen. That you're not trying with mental effort. You're not trying just simply with willpower to get rid of wrong thinking, troubling thoughts, worried thoughts. Make a point to pour in the word and then hold your attention on that word. Take your attention off of the troubling thoughts. Oh yeah, we've all had thoughts that we've let in that we shouldn't have, right? right. But just because the the enemy suggests suggests them doesn't mean we have to let them in, but we've all at some time let in a wrong thought. Well, he has a remedy for us and that is just turn on the water of the word and flush it out. Amen. Amen. The word will do the work as it gets our cooperation. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. As we give the Word a greater place in our life, it it comes into a greater flow in our life. Amen. Amen. And the thing about God is He won't force Himself. He will only work invited. He won't work uninvited. So as we feed on the Word, we invite God to have that flow of that Word. Amen. Abiding in the Word. And then it starts transforming our life. And that's what belongs to us, a transformed life. Amen. We've been teaching on these past weeks out of my book, A Sound Discipline Mind. I tell you what, it is so important, the truths that we teach here because we all must become skillful in the thought life, giving the Word its place in our thought life. So we ask you, go ahead and get your own copy of it. We'll get it to you. Go to DeframeMinistries.org and let them know you want your own copy. But until next time we see you, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Georgetown, Texas at Church on the Rock, September 4th through the 8th. Come expecting your miracle. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store.